This is Vidya Sriram. I am the Senior Technical Advisor for Knowledge Management and Research in the Food and Nutrition Security Unit. I have been a champion of talking about failure for some time now because I think if we are going to be a learning organization, we need to learn from what doesn't work as much as we need to learn from what does work. So I think failure is a very important thing for us to be talking about as care. All right, Juan, and how about you? Hi, hello, I'm Juan Chanove. I'm the Senior Director for Food Security and Nutrition at Care USA. I, I love the idea of talking about failure. I think, you know, that's the best antidote to fight egos. And if we want to succeed, I mean, to succeed, basically what we have to start doing is putting aside egos and moving more like collectively. Why don't you start by telling us about the failure you want to talk about today? So it's about a number of different, um, you know, discrete pieces, different programs, but all around the same, I mean, the same, the same sort of topic, which is our COCOA work mainly in West Africa and Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana. Tell us what the context is. What does that it just happened that care, and I'm just choosing that word deliberately because I don't think it was something intentionally or very thoroughly considered or planned, but it just happened that care has a quite diverse and significant portfolio in cocoa work in male in West Africa and Cote d'Ivoire and in Ghana, and also some smaller work in other parts of the world. And the amazing thing is that this is very diverse in terms of our funding sources because we are getting support from Mars, from Cargill, uh, from Mondelez, and, and, and also because of our strong footprint in, in, the, in the Cocoa regions in these two countries, and in terms of the relations that we have even uh, mainly in Europe with some of the uh, more global organizations and, and Cocoa platforms out there. So one could say in principle that the context is that CARE, it's a very relevant player in the Cocoa a scenario. Uh, and, and needless to say, Cocoa is a value chain which is extremely significant, not only in those countries, but widely, and a, and a, and a great example on, uh, on uh, how uh, poverty uh, can go hand to hand with uh, a product that itself it's very profitable because much of the margin actually does not go to the producer, back to the manufacturers and others along the value chain. All right, so that sounds like a really promising set of opportunities. What's the failure you want to identify? What went wrong? I think basically what went wrong is that CARE never thought on this in a systemic way, right? I mean, we were taking all this funding that was coming from different donors piece by piece. And we were negotiating all of the, each of these awards individually. So basically what we are doing with each of these individual grants, with this, each of these individual programs, is that we are uh, uh, following the request of the, of the donors, which as I said, are mainly companies. So we are serving their, their, their uh, social responsibility requirements without in fact taking properly into consideration if what we are doing speaks to our ultimate mandates and the way we understand our food and agriculture uh, programming, right? I mean, on the other hand, we claim always that we base our FNS work on this super principle, so that should be something that we could have to apply across the board. But if we take individually each of these programs, because the content of each of those were basically uh, grounded in the requirements of the donor, and we were not that strong in terms of putting forward our own, uh, you know, angles and perspectives. Many of these aspects of the super principles are quite missing. 
And the other thing is that the programs themselves are not really very synergic, right? I mean, because they were, as I said, um, granted individually and never thought with a strategic perspective as if they could be all part of something coherent. And this basically means that we have missed opportunities in terms of leverage in all this funding and all this footprint and, you know, and uh, the impact of what we are doing in terms of scaling it up and really having a say uh, uh, in the COCOA context uh, widely. Why do you think that happened? I think this is a clear example of the different fractures and lacks of coordinations that often exist in CURT. Because, I mean, there were so many parts of CURT who were part of these um, uh, different proposals. There are so many parts of CURT that have something to do with our COCOA work. I mean, on the one hand, we have two different CURT members, mainly, related to this, uh, because some of the relations with these donors are handled by CARE-US, but there is also at least one, which is Mondelez, one which is actually coordinated by CARE-UK. So we have two different CARE members over this. Then even within CARE-USA, um, the fundraising team has always had a very strong say in our COCOA work, cultivating the relation with the donor and eventually even uh, overseeing the implementation of the activities. But then you have also the technical team, which in this case, it's mainly um, uh, the FNS team, but not only because there is a strong element of VSLAs in these programs. So also Access Africa and to some extent other, other teams were also part of this. And finally, you have the two country offices and the regional office for West Africa. So there is all these many players that very seldom they ever you know, discuss these things around the table. So the work was just happening. Uh, we, we, we were, you know, eventually always saying that, you know, our COCOA programming was large and significant. But then when we really decided to, you know, to take a breath and look into it with some detail, and we conducted an evaluation a couple of months ago, I mean, an assessment actually, on what we have been doing in COCOA in the last several years, what we basically realized is what I was saying before that we are not coherent, that we are not synergic, and that we have been missing so many opportunities because we look into these programs precisely in the opposite way to what we claim that we should do when we uh, you know, try to be drive by impact. We were drive by projects in the most narrow and traditional possible way. So what are we doing to move past it, or what are some actions we've taken? What we have to start doing first was just talking with each other, which sounds pretty obvious, but it's not something that was really happening. Or better to say, there was interactions always, but it was more like exchanges of information, right? Like just making the other sides aware of what each one was doing, but not really trying to put things in a way that they would look like, you know, logical, coherent, and all of us working as a team towards a bigger goal. So what we started doing was first realizing that there was this huge issue that we would need to tackle. And it was not an easy conversation. I remember a meeting I was attending in London where, you know, the program managers of each of individual projects that I was referring before, I mean, the one by Mars, Cargill, Mondelez, they were just, you know, presently one after the other. It was, somebody was even funny. It was like different organizations, you know, completely different approaches, different logics, different ways to present the work. But in substance, what we were supposed to train train was the same. So just this realization that something was wrong was very, I mean, was, was, was wonderful, was quite an achievement. And from that very meeting, we just realized that we should move things in a different manner. So the first thing we did was uh, we, we decided to take a stock on who we were, we were 
and not only in terms of care with our programs, but also to look out there and see what others were doing. Because that's the other thing, right? I mean, we are not the only ones operating in the cocoa value chain with the uh, uh, small-scale farmers and women farmers in these two countries. There are many other stakeholders. So it was also about trying to, to see what our niche could be for the future. And we just got now this baseline, and now the next step will be to put forward a care-wide cocoa strategy, which will not be just one program, will be sitting in some cells, but basically will be the way we will program COCOA from now on. And it will not only be about how we put together these existing proposals, but bringing actually complete new elements to the equation, meaning all those aspects that we know are of the utmost importance for us, all these things that we need to deliver to the farmers that cannot be part of our program by a corporation because maybe it's not attractive to them, we should see it for complementary funding sources to cover those. For instance, I mean, if diversification of production to ensure proper nutrition is not something of the interest of the corporations we are working with, we should tackle other resources, right, for that. And then we also have to uh, find ways to work also upstream in the value chain and uh, making good use of the good relations that we already have with some of these companies and our interest in having also an impact with the consumers, uh, integrating that strategy elements which are not only about the work that we do with the communities at the level, but more in terms of how we raise the voice of the farmers that we are looking for and we bring that voice to, to, to the global north and we uh, try to influence the way corporations and global players uh, operate in, the, in this value chain. And if you could do it differently, if you had it to do all over again, what would you change? I think part of the change is attitude related. Um, I mean, quite sadly, we incur looking to things within the very perimeters of the work that we do day to day, which basically, you know, it's killing the potential of our impact. Care is a network. Care is a system. We are not cells. We are integrated. And unless we see things that way, you know, we would never really move forward the way we're looking for. So part of this is about attitudes. Um, the other, to me, it's about the structures, right? So we need to have these meeting places for, for making sure that we are all aware of what others are doing. Although, to be frank, this is something that is, in fact, already in place. And, you know, I mean, we have a wonderful set of knowledge management and learning tools already in care. So it's actually not that hard. It should have not been hard for anyone just to realize that, you know, all these programs were out there and they were so different and even sometimes uh, were were pursuing contradictory approaches to tackle the same the same aims. So part of it is attitudinal. To a lesser extent, it's it's also, you know, promoting structural structural changes. And um, and I could say part of it also it's just oh, having the courage to recognize that things can can be done differently and try not to be protective. Uh, over over the different pieces that we are working in. Um, if we have been able to move forward these things this way to a certain stage, is because of the openness of the people that have been dealing with these programs in the field. Actually, it was pretty much their demand. I mean, because for them, it's just like completely absurd to have to cope with this many different stakeholders in HQ with different demands. And at the end of the day, it's the same people that have to be responsive to all our requests, right? So um, it's also about empowering the people and listening to the people in the country offices. If we just, you know, um, move forward our ideas, our brackets, 
uh, if that could be, uh, I mean, in, in this in this connection from the reality of the field, we we will always fail, right? So keeping open eyes, you know, open ears, and yes, understand what our country offices are seeking for. Yes, by doing that, you know, that will drive us to a more strategic perspective in the way we put forward our programming because they badly need that sort of uh, more coherent approaches by us in HQ. So you've pointed to a really important part of change, which is attitude, but it's also one of the hardest things to change. Um, and this idea of listening to what the country offices need and sort of putting the headquarters framework in the service of what the people on the ground are doing. How do you get to that? That's a really hard attitude to change. I think part of this has to do with realizing that the role of most of the teams in, in, in HQ are not really to add further layers of complexity or bring in extra uh, basic ideas to what we are doing, but it's more organizing, helping, supporting. I mean, it's not getting information from the field, it's bringing support to the field. So, um, and without being paternalistic, right? Uh, so again, it's all about just listening and understanding that, you know, uh, all this starts in the field, and, and that's the very basics of whatever we, we do. Uh, but the other element here that I would also like to highlight is uh, um, uh, this aspect, which is very relevant in the Cocoa value chain, of multiplying our impact by also making things that can really resonate globally. Uh, so part of it is about alignment, programming alignment and coherence at the level, but part of it is also structuring things in a way that can be understood widely, right? I mean, um, it, it's very funny because, you know, in, in care we often look, look into Oxfam as, as the people we would like to be in some regards, probably not in some others. Uh, and, and, and definitely when it goes to how to take the best out of what we are doing in the field and make it the basis for our discourse, the basics for our, or the basis for, for, for moving forward new ideas and to be transformational and relevant in societies in the global north, this is something that people like Oxfam and other of our peers really do very well and we often miserably fail. I mean, we simply don't see those opportunities. Um, uh, I mean, we typically, like in the case of the COCOA uh, work of care, we typically have the numbers, the quantity, massive programs, you know, I mean, uh, uh, lots of stakeholders. I mean, we have that, which is so hard and difficult to get. Diversify portfolio, and we have the tools and we have the instruments. You take each and every of these individual tools that we apply in our COCOA value chains and in, in so many of our programs and they are absolutely wonderful and they are evidence-based and so on and so forth. So we have the pieces, but what we often miss is taking this, uh, you know, uh, broader perspective to see how the pieces are actually already matching together and make some use of that to multiply the effect of what we are doing. And the funny thing is that others like, uh, you know, Oxfam, it's a great example of that. With much less, they do much more, right? I mean, they don't have that massive programs. They don't have their own developed tools with that level of complexity, sophistication, uh, you know, uh, that, that we often have. But they are able, they are capable, yes, to, 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 to put together this, not only in terms of storytelling, but in terms of advocacy and global changes. That's a really interesting perspective on doing less with more. How do we take the evidence we have and actually use it 
one of the points of talking about failure is is helping other people learn and helping other people avoid the mistakes. So what's one action you'd recommend for somebody else in care that they could do to help avoid this kind of problem? I think one could be, and this is actually the, something that we already are, are thinking about, what one lesson out of this process could be, if we are going to start remembering the world, working in a new value chain, in an export-oriented, you know, large value chain, to start thinking that what we are going to start is not isolated, it's part of a dynamic. So looking around first, if in care we have been already working in that value chain and what we can learn out of that work, and, and not only care, but also other players, and also think, you know, or, or look into our program, is, uh, uh, into our specific program as an excuse to bring something bigger and more transformational, right? Every single program that we develop can be the seed for something bigger. It all depends on how we see that very programs. They can be just standalone isolated initiatives and they can be part of, you know, broader changes. It all depends on how we structure our programs and how we make them related to the broader context around them. One, one of the things that uh, struck me when you're talking about this Oxfam model is um, they've been able to prioritize where they put their limited resources. Um, how do you think that we could do that better? Because we do have a lot of deep experience, but getting um, all of that experience into a way that's funded for us to look into it in a deep way is difficult. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it's true. We are super diverse, but we also have been very intentional in trying to narrow our focus quite successfully, in fact. If I just think on food security and nutrition, with such a wide sector, right? And there are a number of things that we are not doing, and I don't think we will actually do those. I mean, you know, we, are, we have decided to focus on, on, on women empowerment, putting women at the, at the center of everything that we do. And that is not exactly narrowing because it touches every single aspect of FNS, but it brings a specific you know, lens to, to our work. So it's a way of delineating what we want to do. And we have to yes, accept that we will always have lots of different staff, that our portfolio will always be very diverse, but we can just try to be a better organized for those portions where our footprint is like more significant. And again, I think Cocoa Work is a very good example. Of course, we are working tons of different value chains, probably there is hardly any single value chain where there is at least not one or another program of care in some corner of this planet, right? But, uh, and, and that's always fine, right? But, but we can always, uh, you know, pay further attention or, 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 or look in a bit more detail to those value chains, in this case, where we have more significant role, where we really have an each, uh, where we really have the knowledge, the background, the expertise, and the presence in the field and so on. And, and picking those for a more, you know, detailed, uh, wider work. To me, the other aspect of this is really putting aside the things that we prefer not to do. And at least, at least this is something that the Cocoa Value Chain work was very, uh, very, very clear in doing. That's actually one of the, of the positive lessons out of this, which has been, as I see it, uh, in the broader sense, basically a failure. And that was that deliberately most of these programs decided not to focus on child work in COCOA, not because it's not important, it's extraordinarily important, and it's so obvious, so important, so tragic, so human rights related, that this is something that other organizations start doing a, 
number of years ago. So it was just obvious for Kurt that that was a specific aspect where we could kind of step back because there were other doing, others doing the work. But we miserably failed to do a few of the things that we are really so good in doing. And again, to me, nutrition is a clear example or further integrating community-based adaptation and so on. I'm, I'm exaggerating things a bit. If you take each of these individual programs, of course there is specific successes. So I could not say, of course, that each and every of our uh, co-related activities have, have, have failed. That's not what I, what I mean. Uh, what, I'm, um, what I'm referring to is more in terms of, of our COCOA work in the wider sense. So if you had to summarize in one sentence what the key lesson here is, what would that be? You are not alone. I love it. So it's about thinking what are the pieces that we bring together or how can we learn from others that care. Exactly. It's, it's thinking exactly what you say, how your work relates to what we are doing and also what third parties are doing, right? And understanding that uh, we operate in a, in a complex and complicated world. So any program, any small activity, anything that we will do relates in a way or another to everything around us. So putting forward a proposal is not just about having some workshop with some people in a room and you know some writer to, to write that proposal. It's more about being able to understand the context around you, being able to be adapted to that, and being able to join forces with others. And that often means stepping back to leave room to others to move forward. And, 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 uh, and, and other times it means more like uh, moving forward and enter into new territory. So it's basically understanding that we are not alone. And thank you so much for being one of our, our champions and one of our early interviews. You know, it's really important for leaders to talk about what went wrong and model that it's okay to talk about failures and why we need to learn from them. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Lydia and Emily. And maybe one final thought also from my side is that I really hope that no one will take any of this personally, because that's exactly the contrary to the purpose that we are looking for. For the COCOA, I also take my share of responsibility for, for you know, for, for the last uh, year or year and a half. So uh, this is not about blaming. I think we have to cut that culture of blaming. Responsibility should also go, you know, higher uh, to, 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 to the uh, leaders of the organization. So in my regard, um, I, I fully consider myself responsible for these failures that I just described. Thanks, Juan, for being such a champion and role model for, for creating a learning culture and care. It's so important to our growth. So thank you for that. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our second edition of the Failure Talks, um, especially thanks to Juan Echenove for sharing his deep and detailed thought. These are critical learnings for us. So we hope that you enjoyed this and continue listening to this podcast.